motivation or discipline is. They'll mm -hmm. listen to you. They don't listen to you. You think they're not listening to you, and they are. So all these things I learned with my mom just growing up, and then I started coaching gymnastics, and it's incredible. Like these kids would learn. They would, you know, they'll get better. They compete against each other. They watch you all the time when you have no idea they're watching you. They know everything you do and everything I, you say they remember. I like that because those are skills that you're learning from experience and not right. like, well, this, I was told that if you do it this way, this is the best way to do it. You, know, you, yeah. have, you have real world experience of figuring out like what yeah. works and what doesn't. Yeah, and it's, it's amazing because you can never go wrong with kids. They, they're literally like, if they don't want it, they don't want it. And they will make sure they let their parents know. But if they there, they can be complaining, they can do anything, they'll, but they'll, they'll work hard. Um, and they'll watch you. They'll definitely make you their number one, you know, example, especially their coach, because that's what they do every day. So um, I do have quite a bit of experience with that, and I, I am mostly passionate about, like, knowing not just their sport level or the skill level, if not, like, what they, you know, they need, because these kids can't come with problems from home. They can be frustrated from school and stuff, and you have to be receptive to that yeah. and not just be like, bro. Good morning, everyone. This is Jared Bassman with Mark McCain, and you are listening to Triumph Every Day, where we discuss the journeys that shaped the lives of our guests and how it brought them to where they are today. And uh, today's guest is Elias Gomez. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Elias is, um, well, Elias has kind of just been around the gym for, I don't know, what's it been, like a month, month and a half, something like that? Do we have any idea? How long has he been here? Three months? <laughs> yeah, you tell us, Elias. Uh, no, no, I, um, yeah, no, it was December when I walked in. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yes. Time flies. December. Time flies when you're having fun, Elias. Right, right. Uh, so Elias is uh, Elias has got a pretty pretty cool background. We'll kind of dive into that a little bit. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about where you're from and, uh, you know, how you got here? Well, I was born in uh, Havana, Cuba. Uh, Cuba or Cuba, Havana. Yeah, pretty much the same. Uh, right on the Capitol next to the big building where it's actually, it actually looks the same as the White House. Oh, really? It's the same, the, pretty much the same structure. Huh. Um, Didn't know that was there. Yeah, it's a, you look at it and it's, we, I think we're the only ones that have a building that looks just like the White House. Because um, mm. they was built in the same year, I, I believe so. Uh, but yeah, I was born in Havana, Cuba, and uh, at the age of five, I was selected from my school to join the National Sports School. Uh, it works a little different in Cuba because you don't get to just do any sport you want. You just um, they just go to schools and they try you out, and then if they think you're good, they just take you. Um, so I kind of got lucky with that. I started uh, because I was really really flexible, which is I don't know how I can do none of the stuff I used to do before, but I was extremely flexible, um, and they chose me to do ballet, which it was weird because I got into the national school to do ballet and just dance because um, I was really flexible but I sucked at it because I have flat feet I still have flat feet so uh, they didn't pick up on that right away I right? feel like that would be something yeah. you're probably searching for yeah. like, a lot of kids are really flexible <clears throat> oh his feet are flat he probably shouldn't do this right <laughs> yeah I was in but they were mostly like trying to focus on like how I was really flexible but every time I would point my toes it, it sucked so I just like they switched me to gymnastics and I did a few other things because you get to do a little bit of everything uh, I studied music too, so I, I learned like how to play different instruments and sing and stuff like that. 
Uh-huh. Is that all within the same school that you're learning all that stuff? Yeah, uh, you pretty much stay at this school during the week, and then you go home on the weekends. Um, with me, it was a little different, but it was mostly like that. When I got a little older, I would have to stay at school for a week and then go uh, home on the weekends. So, how old are you now? 22, about to be 23. 22. So, uh, it's, it's still pretty recent that you were uh, in Q. How long were you in the school for? Uh, well, I got to United States on. 2012 it was yeah 2012 October uh, August 12 August 12 2012 yeah uh, so it's been like six years or seven yeah seven years it's about to be seven years and how, how what was the transition from coming from Cuba to the United States how did how all that happen uh, it was pretty it was pretty shocking uh, I was in Florida for a little while which really helped because I got to not just be around like you know English-speaking peop, uh, people, I guess, but um, I picked up really fast, which it was, I was never, um, I was really surprised because I never had any other type of, like, you know, class or anything that was, like, English in Cuba, because they don't teach you that, um, because, like, we're considered, like, enemies or whatever. Um, it was. They, they, re- yeah. op- they reopened all that, right? Yeah, you yeah, they did, know? and then, yeah, a lot of stuff been happening. It's just kind of crazy. Um, but no, uh, Cuba, it's a, it's a great fan of United States. <laughs> we all want to come here. Uh, so I worked really hard because I wanted to make it into a team and to be able to travel a little bit. So that's how I got here. Uh, but it was, it was, it was, I can't say it was hard. It was actually pretty easy to like, you know, getting used to it. You, it, like people say, you get used to good stuff real quick. So it's, uh, it wasn't like much survival. And I learned English really quick too, between a year or so I was already like, having normal conversation. Yeah, yeah. So that was a uh, plus. Um, yeah. So so you trained, did, tra- did, did you pick the transition from ballet and dancing to gymnastics or was that something they kind of pushed you towards? Um, they, um, they try to keep you in there and choose the best sport for you, depending on your height or, you know, your weight, your, like all the stuff that you can do. Um, I was pretty much picked because I was really, like, really, I'm still tiny, but I was really tiny back then. Yeah. Uh, and really flexible and strong. And so they pretty much uh, made me try a lot of sports. Like, I did swimming, uh, diving. But um, uh, I ended up just with gymnastics. I really was really good at that. Um, you know, I wasn't, I was always excited about that. And what kind of stuff do you do? Because I know like men's gymnastics is different than women's gymnastics. So what's mm. what it like? What all things did you do? Well, uh, it was uh, there's different type of gymnastics training. There's like tumbling, where just people focus on that. And here it's, it's really popular where people would focus on just one, um, I guess, skill set from gymnastics because it has it it does have a big like really wide uh, range of you know skills and exercises and, and benefits. So I I was all of it. They they just do like Olympic style. You so do like the, the rings, the bar, yeah. like high bar, rings, pommel horse, vault, floor, and did I just miss something? All all of it. All of yeah. it and tongue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So pretty much all of it. Yeah, it's a. Uh, sometimes he was more like showing, because we would go to like uh, do some demonstrations to the president or some kind of important yeah i'm, people I'm there. curious about what's what's like a daily so age five it's like mm-hmm. hey man you're flexible 
how many of these schools are there in your country? Is it just one? It's just one. There's so this one is the Havana. only school in your country. So yeah. you get selected. Yeah. And all like, are you? You're there Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. and you stay there, and then you go home on the weekends. Yeah. So what's a day to day like? How much schooling are you doing? Like mm-hmm. how much? Are you know are you doing math and stuff like that? Is it you know what what's Take me through a day or even a week. Well, our lucky days would be like you would say half a like half a day for us would be eight hours because we would be there. I, I got lucky because I was in Havana and the school happened to be there, so I would mm-hmm. I was able to go and not always have to stay there. Uh, all the kids wouldn't come from like different states, like from from Cuba. Um, if if anyone's related with those states, but the, we have states too. So all these kids get selected. They bring them to the school. It's like a giant city, pretty much. Uh, has Havana's on the beach, uh, close to the beach. Uh, kind of like forty minutes, you 40 could minutes. say. Okay. Yeah, because Cuba's pretty like thin, so you can right. get between an hour or two to the beach, like anywhere you at. Okay. Yeah. Um, our day is pretty much waking up, you know, seven in the, six in the morning, starting school at seven twenty. Um, we would do regular academic stuff like math, you know, language, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, that would go all the way until like two, three, and then after that we would train all the way until eight, mm. sometimes nine. Wow. Um, depend. That's you know including lunch and. And that's from mm-hmm. age five to. Yeah, it's pretty 18 much. Eighteen or. Yeah, it's like a twelve-hour day. Wow. Pretty much every day, you don't really notice it because you're doing two different things, mm-hmm. but it gets to you eventually because you you know you don't do anything else than that, so right. it gets stressful especially for a kid. Um, yeah, it was times where and 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 the way they train is totally different than here. Mm-hmm. Like it was yelling, it was you know it, there was a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of like hitting, you know, and stuff like that. Because um, they expect you to be the best, um, right? And they don't have they probably don't have as many uh, rules that are yeah. probably set in place in places like here. Right? Yeah, no, not like that. It's not like any like shot abuse stuff that you right. just get, like. It's not extreme like that at all. Yeah, so yeah. it's like an environment where you know you go to regular schools and the teacher would hit you and would, would like pull your yeah, hair yeah. and so it's a what's maybe uh, if you don't mind sharing like yeah. is there an example that stands out from like mm-hmm. a troubled kid that like yeah I was like unbelievably like lucky <laughs> to not be beat up to the like these guys there was some like always there was always in the class someone that just never learns. And that's the one that gets like the slap on the face. I want to dunk. Can we? I want to do this at the gym. Can we <laughs> yeah. Start meter sticks. Yeah, like all star stuff. Put your hands out and like slam you with like wooden rule, and it's it's pretty tough. But it does in a way. A lot of people don't understand how that actually would help. Um, violence is never the answer, of course, but it depends on the environment. Like I grew up with that, mm-hmm. um, and I am partly grateful for it because I know like you know it didn't kill me it just makes you stronger oh, yeah it's important to know there's consequences well there's right. yeah. and there's yeah. obviously a lot of uh, there's a lot of parenting especially there's a lot of different yeah. kind of avenues as you can go you know I, th- I know like spanking yeah. is a big hot button issue for a lot of people but um, you know I do I, I went to a school where and they didn't hit us but I mean it was because you know our parents are paying money for us to go there and uh-huh. it's a Catholic education and all this stuff but we had one teacher that had a big bin about this big and it was just full of Home Depot rulers and the, the meter sticks and if you fell asleep in his class if you were down like this he would take it right next to your head and 
hit it so hard it would shatter in about 50 pieces on the desk yeah. and it was like pretty close to hitting <clears throat> yeah. yeah but like it was one of those things like there'd have to be consequences yeah. to you like you know falling asleep in, in his classroom yeah no and don't get me wrong it wasn't nothing yeah. like like you know brutal I, I don't I, yeah. and I'm not gathering that I'm just very curious because yeah. I went to public school Jerry went to private school mm. we had different experience within our own country you know yeah. like and then yeah. it's obviously um, you know kind of to Jared's point like this kind of like <laughs> To my understanding, and most people, most Americans, understanding that Catholic schools used to actually, you know, like our our mom and dad's generation, mm-hmm. they were still getting hit by their teachers. Yeah. So that's yeah. not like, oh my God, that's crazy. So one uh, generation, exactly. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, you know. and I mean, for especially if you're doing sports, you're a kid that literally is doing all these like type of exercises every day. Your coach coming behind you and just doing this in your head, it literally oh, yeah. is nothing. You know, okay. we, I got oh, hit on the head with yeah. like a high bar. <laughs> yeah, I've I've gotten like doing like my you know, my my layouts on top of the high bar releases. I would hit my neck, which some I mean that's supposed to break your neck, right? You know, and you would miss, hit your neck. It's not compared to like your coach like yelling in your face and just slapping you in the back of the head. You mm-hmm. know, it wasn't, but it was like stuff that it would freak you out more than that. Right. But it really it really makes you a better person. Um, well, I think it's just you know. Ways holding that standard you know mm-hmm. what i mean like yeah. they're 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 holding a stand they're holding you mm-hmm. to that standard and obviously anyone that's in a position of power can abuse it right. and it doesn't sound like that was really going on but it's you see that a lot with at least just in the videos i watch of like the chinese yeah they have very similar yes. um kind of culture with, it's the same style yeah because they'll uh it's like i guess you could say like communist style like of training mm-hmm. it's the same it was the same with you know russian our coaches were taught from um, by Russian coaches and Chinese, mm-hmm. so we had we even had a Russian coach that would come pretty once good, in a while. you know. To, yeah. yeah, and this you know you would bow to these guys because they're like they can they're like 50 year old and they can do the same routine you're doing mm-hmm. and better than you. And wow. so you know it's like it's a lot of example too. A lot of respect, My training, yeah. yeah, it's based on a lot of like I see you doing it and I do it my coaches so it's, that really does make the bigger standard do they build in um much time for fun was it yeah they had like some play and playfulness yeah. and stuff like that yeah we were um it was pretty much like rewards so if we get to do good uh it was gymnastics games <laughs> it mm-hmm. was inside of the gymnastics gym right but it was still games so it was part of like uh it was like pretty much just the same as conditioning but fun mm-hmm. so um that was pretty much our fun time um I honestly could say I, I never even had a TV. Wow. Um, never had like any electronic devices at all until I got here. Wow. Like that. And you're 22, so you. When did you graduate high school? Um, I graduated here. I actually did finish okay. high school here uh, on when I was 18. Yeah, right, right when I turned. So 18. that's four years ago. That's 2015. But I yeah. was doing some high school in Kiel when right. I came. I was 17, so I was already like. Because um, our education is different, because it's mm-hmm. more advanced, so you finish school faster. Sure. So we don't have like all the way until twelfth grade. Mm-hmm. For us, twelfth grade is considered like college and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but you go to school longer too, so you mm-hmm. you learn faster. Sure. But yeah, our the system was like that, and um, I finished high school here. But when I was there, like I we didn't have none of that. Mm-hmm. We had like every person a house phone, just like a, a line phone, and but there yeah. was no cell phones. It's like. No electronics, none of that. You don't. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a, no that's fast food place. No like 
That's, many restaurants, yeah. you know. That was funny too. Yeah. Just just coming back from Costa Rica was a breath of fresh air because like you don't there isn't a lot of that. It's, it's yeah. kind of what you're same thing you're talking about where it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. In, until you get to some of the major cities, like I think you know we didn't see like a we saw like a subway and like Liberia and like a Taco yeah. Bell, but like that was you know that was the only mm-hmm. thing we saw. Everything else were uh, or they're called sodas. Is that right? Soda sodas are basically the the hometown restaurant. So yeah, and, we never we we that's the other thing like. Cuba doesn't since they don't have like they don't we don't have any food chains that are from here at all. Mm-hmm. Like our food chains are people, just like private, yeah, right. little restaurants stuff like that with the government. So, yeah. What's and I, I don't expect you to know this off the top of your head, but like obesity rate in Cuba, you know um, what I mean? Like is people by and large are people not? Yeah, Jerry can no actually. Use the but go ahead, sorry. And in Cuba, it's actually hard to see that. You'll see, you'll find like, you know. After yeah, you saying people. that, I would expect you, you know, to yeah. follow up with that because that's I w- I'm very curious of. I believe fast food was really, you know, popularized in the '60s in America, yep. and obviously, you know, pre-fast food, and obviously now technology is making us even more sedentary. Well, the, you know, you're just seeing this balloon and the funny and then part. I'll, yeah, go ahead. So the funny part is, is be, since since a lot of those relations between the U.S. and Cuba have softened a little bit mm-hmm. they, I'm just there's just a quick article speaking about how there's been a 18.1% increase over recent years in overweight women and 114 in men yeah just because of yeah I mean it's sad man yeah, I mean really, it's, it's really, really sad, sad. That's, I mean, yeah. it's, you know you'll find people like that but our our I mean our people first it's pretty hard to get you know get by with food too mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people are really struggling i was struggling as an athlete like i was eating they were giving us like no joke every, every morning they would give us a uh, soy yogurt with um uh, just a bun with two hot dogs inside of it that was our breakfast most of the time and then like some crackers or something on the side so like a national or just any athlete any kid eating that mm-hmm. it's like what the heck like that's yeah. that's what you eat when you like literally have nothing at home or you just mm-hmm. want to eat something at home yeah and then lunch was i mean sometimes there was oh we don't have this or lunch will be like pasta with just tomato and you're just eating pasta mm. so we ate i mean my diet was high on, on carbs right on calories and stuff because it was the easiest thing to get by but also we depend a lot of on nature so we have to grow our own stuff mm. and we have a lot of fruits and that we do a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables. So most of the diets that people get, you know, get by just eating fruits or just mm-hmm. eating vegetables or something like that, or grains and rice. And so obesity, it's you guys not, didn't get a lot of meat. Yeah. You, no, not a lot of meat. Uh, no, I, <laughs> I wish. Yeah. I actually never had an actual steak, ever, wow. ever wow. until I got here. A beef steak. Wow. So like I, because uh, we gotta take you out. <laughs> <laughs> beef is pretty much. Uh, just you know the animal the cow in cuba is kind of banned you can go to jail for 25 years and you can ask any native cuban um for 25 years for killing a cow you know without the government consent so even Mm. if the cow is yours you can't kill it is that like a religious thing or nope it's just the government controlling yeah it is control yeah okay wow because i know in certain cultures cows can be a little more of a sacred Yeah, yeah yeah no yeah no uh that I, I wish it was that, but yeah, no, not yeah, even no, close. It's, yeah, it's that, that you could yeah. Yeah, 
rationalize that but yeah that's very interesting man so what was it like um stepping foot obviously into our country maybe even more specific um the midwest and seeing maybe a little bit more of a rounder shape yeah it was great honestly (laughs) yeah it was wow these people actually eat and yeah yeah. so you, you 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 first started off coming coming to miami right which is you know it's a pretty typical path for Cubans, yeah. right? Right. Miami, mm-hmm. and then and then moving on from there. Um, how do you go from getting to Miami to to moving to somewhere like you know yeah. Cincinnati area? Yeah. So I was in Miami, and then we went to we went up to Orlando. So okay. that's when I got you know uh, my gigs with Cirque du Soleil, and I worked with other like entertainment companies and stuff like that. Um, I also learned most of my circus stuff that I do now there because um i didn't come with a circus background like on what i do now i do have my family's third generation circus performers uh, my mom was uh, my grandpa was too so um i did come with that but drop like switching from miami to orlando was still a big step because i wanted to be there because i could relate with these people it was easier to get by like it was just more like the temperature was the same stuff like that um orlando was like a between the two cultures. It was mostly like more American style mm-hmm. um, living because there's a lot of Puerto Ricans and stuff uh, on in Orlando. Uh, but then switching to Cincinnati, it was honestly, the only reason was because I met somebody and um, I, I moved to Cincinnati. Um, didn't work out, <laughs> but I, I, I stay up here. Um, and now, not even three, four months ago, I moved to Florence. So, yeah. So it's a big switching, you know, it's a big switch of Yeah, there's definitely, you know, uh the United States is pretty is 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 very vast. Yeah. You know, um compared to like you said Cuba is just a very small strip of land. Yeah. You know, um whereas, you know, we have vast dif- distances between large cities and things like that. So, yeah. you form these different cultures. Uh, in different areas, so like the Midwest is known for you know generally nice people, family oriented. You mm-hmm. know the East Coast is known for uh, kind of especially like New Yorkers like an attitude and you know the kind of fast paced lifestyle. West Coast is very kind of laid back, slow pace, very yeah. uh, interested in their health. You know, again, Midwest is kind of progressive. Just, it's just yeah. fast food markets and uh, you know generally weird weird weather. You know, weird weather. You've moved to probably the weirdest part of the country for weather. Yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're experiencing that right <laughs> yeah. now in February, 60 degrees and then 10 degrees and backing up and down. And so what was uh, how, how's it been, man? Like, talk to us about that transformation from, you know, moving here and, and being in this part of the country and and um, maybe even a little bit about getting here to Triumph. Yeah. Um, honestly. Switching to Florence was mostly because I needed a place, um, you know, a new, new, you know, I kind of like a new start, but still close to my daughter uh, in Cincinnati. So it was for me when I saw Florence, I was like, well, this is the best thing could happen at this moment, honestly, because there's nothing closer, and um, you know, people weren't were really nice, I guess, most people. Um, so then it really, really helped me finding Triumph because I, w- I was in a big need of having, you know, a fitness family and people that I could like just go to and, you know, who I relate the most, um, mm-hmm. fitness. 
and um, and what I do. So what um, really helped. You know, I think you mentioned you know I don't want you to name names or anything, like that, but you know you said you went to a couple different places. Um, what was kind of the response like for what you were doing? True. There? Yes, I did wanted to mention that because um, when I was in Mason, there was the, there was different crosses around, um, and fitness in general, people can be either really humble, and 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 give the opportunity to people to learn and. And use their, you know, the skills. Or they can be really like, oh, we are the best thing around here, and we don't need, you know, anything else. And so that kind of uh, attitude really just messes up any athlete, because that's when you you lose your, your you know, your point. Because then you you go from having this big of chance of having so many people coming in from different, you know, backgrounds and stuff to just having to reduce all that to a small circle, and then you find yourself just like. Isolated. Yeah, yeah, I've been yeah. trying to talk to Jared about that for years. Yeah. Just, I think I think uh, across, not here at all. <laughs> yeah, across the board, um, that is, you're absolutely right, and it's it's nice to actually hear that from a different, from outside of a CrossFit perspective, mm-hmm. because 100%. it's it's very true in our little world, but um, it's nice to hear that outside of you know, just the the working out to work out kind of realm, like in a, in a true sports set. Not that they. You know, we know that CrossFit is a sport, but like a lot of people do it for their fitness regimen. And for whatever reason, this carryover and this bleed over into like, as soon as someone gets kind of good at something, you see this shift in their mentality of like, yeah. you know, I need the best bar and I need the best place on the pull-up rig because my workout is more important than yours. And like when it comes down to it, we're literally talking about working out faster than someone else <laughs> it's just it's just when you, exercise when you break yeah. it down when you break it down to yeah. stuff like that it makes it kind of it almost makes it silly um, it, it really is one, one of the things that stood out if i just uh give you a little credit man um is your humility whenever you came in and you're you're kind of like like wow man like you can do some amazing stuff you know um and again i'll let you speak to maybe some of the stuff that you're actually doing but one of the things you were quick to say is like oh well you know, I've been doing this forever, and I'm not even where I used to be, and I've lost some of this and that. Um, and for a 22-year-old kid to have that headiness to you and that humility, it's really hard to find because whenever you're just popping in and, you know, popping up on parallettes and doing, you know, free standing handstand push-ups on parallettes, like We find that very amazing. <laughs> it's it's super-duper impressive, and I think and that would be in any gym has you know and it's 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 really really cool and then for you not to pop down and be like hey look at me i'm doing this that's just what you do right. you know and at first i was like whoa this guy like serious like yeah he's just going for it and then it was just clearly like wow this this guy is just really he just moves really well but at the same time we're like hey i still need to you know learn some barbell movements and and i'm interested in learning more right you know as opposed to i know everything leave me alone just let me do my thing over here and i feel like that's that's happening in a lot of gyms i mean we and jared have been around now for a while and it's like yeah kind of like he's saying like someone gets their first pull up and then all of a sudden it's like oh watch out you know that break out the velvet rope and you know corner you know have a cornered off area and i think i think it has valet a, parking i think it has a lot to do with with your your coaching as a kid yeah. Right. Because, like you said, you were you were humbled pretty early on by like these fifty year old coaches who were yeah. like besting your routine, and they're like you know much much older than you are. Yeah, right. I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, but um, 
I, I do, speaking of things that we've seen you do here, tell us a little bit about the difference between like gymnastics and like the aerialist stuff that you do. So what's the, like, cause you know, I think it's, it's a clear difference, but like there's still a lot of the same elements. So what's the, what's the biggest difference between those two? Um, a lot of it, it's using, especially like circus, it's, it's just a, you know, like aerial arts, which it's inside of circus arts. Uh, it's been, it's getting bigger, uh, recently with people that have all these gyms going on now that's just aerial stuff. But, uh, I, f I feel like the biggest thing that circus offers is variety. You'll see any person, any way, any background be able to do something. Because, you know, and that's what um, I, it's not a big thing. Like, you don't never hear nobody talking about the circus or anything. But um, I don't know if you guys saw the movie, um, The Greatest Showman. Mm -hmm. It's just such a great movie for anyone to, you know, identify themselves. Because that's how I felt when I used to walk into any gym. I was doing my stuff not to show up. It's just because that's all I can do, um, and that's how I work out. And because you know I miss gymnastics so much, I don't have a whole gym that's just gymnastics oriented, so I can train that stuff. And a lot of people would take it as you know I would show up, so I would always like wait until there wasn't enough people to go do my stuff, or you know just try to do it at home or and things like that. And sometimes being good at something, it just makes you makes people walk away from you. And it kind of it's kind of it is kind of ignorant, but a lot of people are afraid of the challenge and they think you're challenging them. They're just challenging themselves and you're like, uh, no, nobody's challenging nothing. Right. So. But yeah, um, I feel like gymnastics helped a lot with that, but I found my place in circus because I was like, nobody honestly cares much about gymnastics. You never hear like the Super Bowl for gymnastics. Right. You know? it's, it's the Olympics every four yeah, years. Yeah, and basically. the Olympics are like, oh, look at that. Oh my God. All right. All right. Next to the, I don't know, anything else in the Olympics that is more... Uh, you know exciting like boxing I don't know or something else right mm -hmm. so it's just what it is um, they don't give it enough credit uh, yeah, I feel for, like every for time for time put in yeah and you know energy and all that stuff like it is it is it is definitely not very mm -hmm. highly recognized yeah you know like you said you kind of have a couple, only a couple routes after your quote career and that's yeah. usually going to be open up your own studio uh, mm -hmm. and teach kids your entire life or um, you know, join some sort of performing performance act. Yeah, you'll you see know. them. The this big gymnasts, uh, they the way they make their money, and you know, and that's just the thing in the United States, especially. It's because they get either sponsor to some kind of gym company. You see them jumping in the air, like showing how you know flexible the pants are, or they'll like be promoting some kind of protein, you know, uh, you know, workout powder or something. Like that's how they make their money, but you'll, you, it's just not enough marketing for that. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you know, the only way you can make money is either coaching. You see all these national athletes just coaching. They'll train and then they start coaches like anybody else, like eight hours a day. I have a regular job. Um, I still struggle. Some people are not even recognized anymore. Um, Scott Johnson was one of like uh, a gold medalist on our for our gymnastics team. A while ago and he has a small gym in Florida and I know the guy these guys like this guy was the best in the world like all around but he has a, a small gym in Florida and that's like what you usually do you just coach or you have a gym or 
or like the um, monkey boot camp, I think it was called. Yeah, uh, Power Monkey. Power, Power Monkey. Monkey, yeah. The, these guys, it's amazing, but he used to be gymnast. Right. But yeah. he has, uh, but he's... it does CrossFit now. And that's because it's mo more popular. That's, that's the way to make money. So it's well, a sad reality. Here's, but the, here's the exciting thing, though, especially for someone like you, Elias, where you do have some humility and you have some, some drive to want to learn is finding a way to mesh what you do mm -hmm. and how to teach. Because the, the really, honestly, the untapped market now is adults. Mm -hmm. You know, like kids, like, you know, for generally speaking, to be competitive, you know, you have obviously a very small window for kids, but like adults do want to learn this kind of stuff, yeah. you know? So the more yeah. you can look at, look at Power Monkey is probably the best example. They have mm -hmm. camps that are what, $1,000 or something like that? They're, they're expensive. Yeah. yeah, to go to one of their camps. You know, and, and they're providing a fantastic value. So there is some excitement out there to where you can actually take some of this knowledge and, and apply yeah. it towards um, pursuing a passion mm. that you still have. Um, so, anyways, with the with the um, are they just called straps? What are they called? Yeah. So those are area straps. Um, I fell in love the first time I tried them. It's considered, if not the hardest, one of the hardest area straps to use because they don't. They're not just hard. They they hurt. Yeah. And every single, um, they literally rip your skin, like you'll be bleeding or you have like, you know, it splits your skin, uh, gets you really dry. But they also, um, every single movement in that, it's, it requires a lot of strength. So unless, you know, um, there's like uh, aerial silks. Silks are, you go to a silk class and you can do five skills by the time you're done with the first class. It's not that it's easier, it's just simply has more move. More movements that you can do that are um, you can go from beginning to to advance, but with area straps, it's just like you just have to start there. You kind of have to have some kind of background. You have to have some strength to where yeah. you can't just jump on and learn something yeah. and, and be amazing at it. Yeah, no, uh, it's it's a lot of like uh, you know a lot of people struggle just doing like uh, just holding themselves up on the ramps or doing an LC, and that's just the most basic thing you can do in area uh, straps. But it really, uh, it's kind of like my passion. Um, I wish I could perform more. But it really just, you know, gives me that relief through the day. Be like, I still do this, you know, it just gives me more. I don't know, makes me feel valuable that I have that skill, that I can do that, um, you know, and entertain all the people eventually and stuff like that. And also I get to do my workouts because it doesn't like completely take all my, all my energy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the funny thing is I actually um, actually meditate in an L-sit for mm -hmm. hours just, just <laughs> holding holding the L-sit. Um, it's three seconds at a time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems like an eternity. Uh, that's, yeah. Uh, you know, and again, if people are listening, you haven't met Elias or been around the gym and um, seeing him do his thing, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. Um, and just having a very, very minimal knowledge base in gymnastics as far as like what I can actually do, um, you know, hollow arch positions. It's just amazing how prolific you are at kind of just those basic skills. And I think at any level, it's like fundamentals, right? So, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, like I was a baseball player, Jerry played soccer. It's like, we all had our fundamentals right. like that we have to learn. Like baseball, we start with like hitting off the tee, you know, before you're going to live pitching. What's maybe some, uh, you know, just with obviously being in a gym, being a different CrossFit gym, what's just maybe some things, you know, that our adult population can like really 
it's like, oh man, I want to be able to do a muscle up, for right. example. <clears throat> Where do these people need to start? I feel like it's mostly um, a lot of people. It's a slow process. It can be really boring learning how to do a handstand. Um, it takes a little bit of time, but not as long as people think. Uh, and that's why a lot of people give up. I feel like the first thing you should start is, is just discipline. Um, I don't believe in most like uh, motivation because I, I never had a TV where I had someone else yelling like, you gotta get off and you gotta do it and you gotta be able to do it. And you get out like super fired up and, and the next thing, you know, the next day rain and you're like, oh, I'm depressed again. So that, I, it's That's just- very, It's very true. Yeah. It's very true. So it's just, um, motivate. I have a problem with that because I don't feel like motivation is really what drives people. Actually, I think it's discipline. Yeah, no, 100%. Knowing that you're gonna get it um, I tell people all the time, if you're doing CrossFit, you're strong enough to do a handstand. Uh, it's mostly like little things. It's The, the process is boring because you're going to be doing drills. It's just drills, drills, drills. Yeah, people just want to jump up to a handstand. Right. They yeah. think, they think well, I can press here, so that means I should do a handstand. Right. And, and, and yeah. unfortunately, the opposite side of what we talked about with the exciting the, – it's exciting that people, that adults want to learn all these new skills. Mm -hmm. It's – it is – exponentially harder for them to learn because they're they don't understand that there is a process as right. an adult they just assume that like well I'm smart I, I should pick this up a perfect example I actually just watched it this morning there's a guy it's called smarter every day great YouTube channel check it out the guy reversed the steering on a bike so if you're riding your bike and you turn the wheel right the wheel normally goes right he put a gear on it to where when you turn right it went left Long story short, it took him eight months to learn how to ride the bike, practicing five minutes a day. It took his eight-year-old son two weeks. Right. Because his son hadn't just ingrained this way that this is the only way to do it. Right. It took his son two weeks to learn it. And then the guy forgot how to ride a regular bike. Yeah. So it was just one of those, to, to your point, yeah. it's one of those things, it's, it's those it's those basic skills and drills that as adults we do not like to yeah. learn. We don't like to sit. We we harp and harp and harp on Arch Hollow constantly, and yeah. people are just like, <sighs> yeah. And, and then I watch Elias warm up, and what's Elias doing? Arch Hollow, you right. know, he's warming up, you know, his midline and things like that. So it's those really boring drills. No, and I trust me, it's it's annoying because like when I when I work out, I don't want to stretch, and I don't want to warm up before that because it's just like, oh my god. But it becomes so natural that when you do that every day. It's a habit. You, yeah, it's just a habit and you're gonna see amazing results. And it's not because you you can you know, you can snatch, you know, hundred and seventy five or two hundred, it doesn't matter. Like it's just if you can do all those things, you just gotta understand there's there's skills that are takes a little longer and skills that are just require more more of this, more of that. Just like, you know, we all have different backgrounds. Um, I hate running, so I would never do soccer. <laughs> cause I, it's just like, and it, and it bothers me cause I, you know, I, I was never good at soccer, but, um, but, but it's amazing watching these guys just running for like two hours straight, just like nonstop, just like breaking all back and forth, back and it's forth, crazy. back and forth. And I'm yeah. like, how are you not melted? Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot of, yeah. you should be melted by now. Um, it's all perspective, you know, and it's just discipline. Yeah, 100%. And, I think and motivation, that, you know, as you put it, like it can be the spark. But, you know, it has to become a habit. Yeah. It's going to last long term, you know. Right. And know that you're going to lose motivation. Yeah, you're going to. Yeah, that's definitely going to happen. Like, you're going to lose it. Daily. Like, yeah. Lose it. It's not, I mean, like you said, it's going to rain. It's going to yeah. snow in this area. And it might be rain, yeah. snow, and 
be sunny all on the same day. Who knows? Yeah, especially but, these. I'm a person that my mood sometimes can go around nature, mm-hmm. which it doesn't because Cuba is like sunny, and then it's the rain again. Like sunny and then raining and like it can be crazy too, and it's humid and so you don't you know. You can always find an excuse. Right, yeah. you can always find. It's not like where you come from or whatever. It's just your mentality. Like you're gonna do this, you do it. Cause and, and the simple reason, not for just competition or, or be like I'm better than this person. It's just like I achieved these because I had discipline. Because mm-hmm. I just you know mm-hmm. did those little things, those little little drills um, that are just make me stronger. It's gonna make me safer out there. I'm not gonna get as injured, uh, for sure. Um, so that's that's one thing I'll tell every everybody like just discipline you know it's it's the main thing yeah. breathe take yeah. some take your time yeah take the yeah. time to learn to do it right I promise yeah. you you'll be better off it's that is with anything in this in this realm that uh, of, of CrossFit that we live in oh well for anything for that matter yeah um, so we 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 have discussed a little bit um, uh, Elias did a gymnastics seminar for us. Uh, it was kind of a, a, a test for him to kind of see his coaching ability. And, you know, Mark and I were very impressed. And we're going to kind of pursue this path maybe a little bit more with Elias. And um, ideally get him into filling a long, vacant position at the gym for doing some kids' classes. Mm-hmm. And we discussed a little bit about that and, and you know, You've taught some kids in the past, is that correct? Yeah, I taught a lot. <laughs> so, so what you Which know? Crazy kids. Yeah, maybe maybe just talk to that a little bit about your your passion for because you know we the reason we haven't filled this and, and why we don't have a full fledged kids program is because I'm not passionate about coaching kids the way I'm passionate about coaching barbell. Right. Chris isn't passionate about coaching kids the way he is about whiteboard classes. And, and when we mm. kind of mentioned that to you, I mean, literally saw a spark. Like, eyes lit up, like, yes, I would love to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so where does that kind of come from? Um, so, honestly, it does not necessarily come from coaching a lot, which that helped. But um, I grew up in a Christian family, so my parents were missionaries. My mom uh, used her circus skills. She used to be like a clown acrobat type of thing to go out before I was even born and just go to like, you know, just neighborhoods, anything, start, put a show on and kids would come out. And that was a way for her to preach these kids and take them to church. Um, Then after we were born, um, she would just take us on our stroller and still do this thing. And when we grew up, I was, after I got all the skills and all this stuff, my, um, you know, I, I got a huge passion for it. I, that's pretty much all we did when we were in Cuba, besides that, you know, crazy life I had with sports and, and, and training and stuff. Being a trained hitman, we talked about that a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> right? Besides that, my mom used to just take us and we built a ministry was building just churches for kids. Wow, so they had that's a, incredible. Yeah, we built um, just regular churches where they had their, their time and there was literally just a service for kids. The, that's how many kids were going. And we were using the, pretty much all the skills and all that stuff. So I had a huge passion from you know, bringing kids and helping them. Not necessarily like just religious side. That's just my background. So don't worry, I'm not gonna be like converting them to <laughs> converting them to to anything here. But um, they're definitely really receptive. Uh, kids can be, they can be all crazy they want, all, all bad you can say they are. But a kid, um, 
it's just such an amazing, you know, I guess tool to like, you know, just bring, show all the people what motivation or discipline is. They'll listen to you, they don't listen to you. You think they're not listening to you and they are. So all these things I learned with my mom just growing up. And then I started coaching gymnastics and it's incredible. Like these kids would learn, they would, you know, they'll get better. They compete against each other. They watch you all the time when you have no idea they're watching you. They know everything you do and everything I, you say they remember. I like that because those are skills that you're learning from experience and not right. like, well, this, I was told that if you do it this way, this is the best way to do it. You, know, you, yeah. have, you have real world experience of figuring out like what yeah. works and what doesn't. Yeah, and it's, it's amazing because you can never go wrong with kids. They, they're literally like, if they don't want it, they don't want it. And they will make sure they let their parents know. But if they there, they can be complaining, they can do anything, they'll, but they'll, they'll work hard. Um, and they'll watch you. They'll definitely make you their number one, you know, example, especially their coach, because that's what they do every day. So um, I do have quite a bit of experience with that, and I, I am mostly passionate about, like, knowing not just their sport level or the skill level, if not, like, what they, you know, they need, because these kids can't come with problems from home. They can be frustrated from school and stuff, and you have to be receptive to that yeah. and not just be like, bro. Yeah. And and you have a daughter of your own, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So um, I'm sure that plays some role have, being a father figure and, yeah. and things like that to yeah, uh, yeah. being a good example. Yeah. For sure. She is a cute little girl, man. Watch yeah, out. Yeah, she is crazy. <laughs> she is. That's really. amazing perspective, by the way. That's. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I can't. Wow, that's. And that's crazy, man. That's that's a really cool. That's a cool story. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, and, and you're so spot on with like the kids and stuff. And it's, and it's just really just it's all about how you frame things. Cause yeah. Kinda like, mm -hmm. and, and I think you know Jared is like you know none of us really had that passion. None of us really had that passion because we don't have the time, mm -hmm. you know, to and, and I mean obviously we can make time and, but if we really wanted it to, wanted it to be a really successful program, we would need someone like you mm -hmm. to step in. Uh, because we've tried all the things before that we're not so passionate about, and it's it's not going to take off. But here in you, you have that perspective and that passion, and it's yeah. very true. Like you said, like kids are always watching. They're always it's like, man, how do you remember that? You know, right. it's like, oh, you wore that shirt the other day. Like, oh, did I? Yeah. I yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's just it is it is really cool, and we know to have a vibrant community. There's there's certain things that we're currently missing, and the kids program is absolutely one of them. Because yeah. kids do bring that such a lighthearted like joy, you know, to be around and stuff like that. So that's really cool, man. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I'm I'm very excited to to have you on. You know, we're we're closing up here in the podcast, and Elias is about to shadow us and kind of start his journey with us, and we'll get him certified here in the in the upcoming future, and and hopefully have him, you know rocking out with the kids kids program and doing some extra coaching here obviously lending us his skills because you know we know it's funny because like the muscle up is always like the that's like the holy grail of like crossfit mm -hmm. athletes and like it's just like that's how you get on the rings <laughs> <You know? laughs> now what <laughs> you know so it, it's always funny because um you know again whenever someone gets it like you want you're cheering them on and everything and it's awesome when they get their first muscle up and you're like six-year-olds that do this on a regular basis like right. we're just scratching the surface of yeah. of what of what is really out there so um we always like to end our end our podcast with a very simple question uh it's just what is your definition of success 
I feel like if you're um, just if you're definitely happy and you get to make change in uh, like in people in general I think that's just enough honestly because you know I'm pretty sure like we all have the same like opinion when it comes to that money really just defines uh, you know just a financial status but it doesn't define your happiness it doesn't define like the, how many people you can help um, so I definitely think that for me it's just I've accomplished a lot of that uh, being successful because I've, I've, I've you know met so many people and I've been so around so many like cultures and different styles of training and that is awesome I feel like that's an accomplishment and that's you know success right there just you know being being wanted by people and wanting them and trying to help them so yeah, yeah. for sure awesome Elias yeah I'd definitely second that it's, uh, we, we hear that a lot and hopefully we can get more people to follow what you're saying rather than just saying it because it tends right. to happen yeah, yeah quite a bit so thank you very much for stopping by today yeah no problem and, uh, thank you guys thank you all for listening to Triumph Every Day make sure you subscribe on YouTube iTunes and everywhere your favorite podcasts are found you can find us at triumphstrength.net on Instagram at triumphstrength and Facebook at facebook.com slash triumphstrength thanks again see you guys next week <laughs>